Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Hustle and Hoops pod. Um, we're rapidly approaching the NBA playoffs this year. Only a couple more games left for each regular season team. So we're going to dive in, talk a little bit of news on our fast break, some quick hits on that. Um, and then we're going to talk about some of our favorite teams that we want to talk about in the Eastern and Western conferences uh, heading into the playoffs. Um, but first, I'm joined, as always, by uh, Jacob Duville. Duve, how are you doing today? Doing well, everybody. Hope everybody had a great week. This basketball week was kind of nuts, and I'm looking forward to getting into it. Yes, and of course, also Jack Mandel. Jack, everything well hello, hello. in Ann Arbor? Everything's great. We're all good. Um, hope everybody is doing well. And uh, of course, always joined by the vibrant Dove Mandel. Dove, how are you today on this fine Thursday? Um, I'm good. I'm good. You know, it, as uh, as Dove said, it's been an enjoyable week of basketball. We got a lot to talk about, a lot that's coming up. So let's let's just get into it. All right, something that uh, we're gonna put a shot clock on because there's not really much to talk about. Um, but the Lakers were officially eliminated from the plan berth uh, as a team that is 15 games under 500. That's not too surprising. But a team with LeBron James and Anthony Davis on it, it is surprising. Um, AD after the game said, it's hard to really judge us because we were never at our full health. That's not really true. They were at full health for enough of the season to know that they weren't going to be a playoff team. So one person, anyone have any thoughts on what AD said or what the season was for them? Anyone want to jump in on this? Does anyone want to talk about the Lakers is what he's saying? I think we've talked about the Lakers for quite some time now, but now that their story is officially over, a lot of people will rejoice. Their LeBron haters will. But um, it's kind of bittersweet. I've always loved watching LeBron in the playoffs. And last week, Shub and I predicted the Lakers to go to the play-in. So that is obviously not happening. But, uh, yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um this season was a lost cause. They don't have their first round pick, which is actually going to end up being top 10 probably, which <laughs> really sucks. Westbrook is under contract for next season, um, but obviously will not be sticking around. And speaking of that, there's a rumor today that the Hornets were potentially eyeing Russell Westbrook. Anyone, anyone with a thought on that? What are they going to get? What are they going to get? Gordon Hayward? Like, come on. I had a conspiracy theory. You Lovely. guys, you guys didn't get to hear what it was, but it 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 didn't pan out because they don't have their 2023 first rounder. If they did, I would be saying they're doing that intentionally to try and tank for Victor Wembanyama. But they don't have their first round pick, so that's not happening. Here's here's what but, I think on it. Someone's I saw on Twitter. Someone said the Hornets want to do it. Because Gordon Hayward has two years left on his contract and Russ only has one. So they get to clear up a max contract slot a year earlier. So they're looking at Russ as sort of a rental. And so you're telling me they're trading Gordon Hayward for Russ. I don't see why the Lakers wouldn't hey, accept that. Said. Yeah, I don't see why the Lakers would not accept that. And unless Michael Jordan is smoking crack, I don't see why he would accept well, that. Well, if, if you can't win with either of them, <laughs> Would you rather be paying Gordon Hayward $35 million in two years, or would you rather have a $35 million contract off the books? Yeah, I agree with that. 
I don't think that's that too like bad. Gordon Hayward one, can go somewhere else. They want top year. I don't think anyone wants Gordon Hayward. It's like the Lakers. The Lakers are willing to Give mortgage their future rounder. for Buddy Heald before what Westbrook became available. I'm not saying it's a guarantee. It's all rumors, but honestly, if there's a healthy Gordon Hayward, obviously health is very hard to get in LA, but a healthy Gordon Hayward probably fit pretty well in the Lakers. Um, He hasn't been healthy. Yeah. But that's a long way away. Um, Next topic. Lakers. (laughs) Next topic. Speaking of team players can't staying healthy. Adam Silver said today that he's pissed that players are not playing all of their games. Star players are sitting out too much. What what does Adam Silver want here? Like what's he what's he doing? Like either shorten the season or stop complaining. Like it's an 82 game season. These guys are playing 40 minutes a game, the best players. Like they're not going to be able to like that's inhumane to think they're going to play that much. I think what he's more talking about is the stuff that like OKC and Portland are doing where like they're pulling 10 day guys to replace their rookies and they're like undrafted guys. You know, it's it that's when it's more like, you know, it's questionable whether or not that's even that should be allowed. Um, and I think it's I don't know. I don't I don't know. I, and there's I can't even there's no way I can't even hate. There's no way anyone actually goes to those games. Like nobody's gonna pay any money to watch Xavier Simpson play with Isaiah Roby hey, against man, the I'm Trailblazers, <laughs> who I can't even name anybody that's playing right now. Like Chris Dunn, Adam Silver, yeah, Chris Dunn. Uh, Chris Dunn Adam Silver just wants to make money, and it's some of these players just can't play that much, and they're injured, and it's the end of the season, and there's just no point in them playing. They're just going to get into So you're saying in order for the NBA to make more money, they should A, cut the season by at least five games, B, um, shorten the offseason, and therefore stretching out games over a longer period of time rather than stacking games one okay. after the other, day after day. See what I'm saying? Like there's mm-hmm. a lot of alternative things you could go with and you're still going to make just as much money just because you cut out a few games during the season. I think that's, that's the issue I, I get. And, you know, even kind of unrelated to this, but he was talking about a bunch of other stuff too. Like he was talking about playing tournament and how, you know, they're not going to get rid of it, but it's subject to change. He was talking about, um, what, what was the other thing he was talking about? I didn't see the full the off thing. season stuff. Yeah, I, I don't know, but I don't know what he wants, man. He's... I no one. Yeah. Um, next topic on hand today was the deadline. If a playoff team wanted to convert a two way player to a full NBA contract, because two way players are not eligible to play on a playoff roster. Um, one of the more notable, obviously no 10-day guys either, so if they wanted to extend a 10-day guy. Um, one of the more notable ones that came out of today from a playoff team was uh, James Johnson getting away from the Nets to make room for Kessler Edwards. I think come playoff time, you'd much rather have James Johnson and his ability to punch someone in the face than Kessler Edwards, who's a rookie. Um, and uh, I don't really think it's going to be that big of a difference like that's obviously not the x factor here um but frank kaminsky was also cut by the suns 
he he was a role on their finals play like they're one of the bigger ones that like i didn't write down in our notes but like davon reed who was putting in good minutes for the nuggets recently he did not get converted to a two-way when you got guys like faku and vlatko chanchar who don't play and who won't play unless something drastic happens to someone in front of them but there isn't really much to say on this. I don't really expect anyone to have any boiling takes, but anyone got anything to say on these moves? Like, I think it's really important come playoff time to have veteran presence on your bench. And <clears throat> we know in Miami, Udonis Haslam has rode that bench for years. And they don't even expect him to play, obviously, but it's about what they bring off the court. And – James Johnson is definitely one of those veteran presence guy type guys that can score you like 10 points. And that could be an X factor type night in the playoffs when it, when we know anything could happen and anybody in the playoffs could pop off like a DJ Augustine. He it's could like have a, a night like it's these veteran players that have been in these situation countless times and they can just keep coming through. And I think that's what's, really needed come playoff time, especially for these teams lower in the rankings. Like a Jared Dudley showing up all all defense in the playoffs. All defense. All defense. He was good. You don't remember Jared Dudley's Oh you're talking about you're talking about you're talking about like with the Ben Simmons three? Yeah. It's too good. I mean that's I I was I was kind of lost. I'm not gonna lie I spaced out for a second. Um but I mean, I, I counter to that is that like none of this stuff really ever moves the needle. Like any any, I would even argue like anything post trade trade deadline that happens, um, outside of like injuries, none of that does too much for me. Um, you know, most buyouts, like yeah, you could argue Goran Dragic is helpful to no. the Nets, but it's not the type of thing that's gonna give them, you know someone's going to say, oh, now they're a contender. Like, that's that's my only thing about this stuff is, like, it's it's definitely important, and I more see it as, like, good job, you know, um, you know, good shit getting the bag. Good shit yeah. getting the bag, but, like, outside of that. I mean, it's also teams like the Pacers sign guys like Terry Taylor and Kiefer Sykes <laughs> to, like, full-time contracts. Like, they keep their rights and stuff. But, like, I think next week we'll go more into depth on teams like the Pacers who are – uh, maybe not competing this year anymore, but maybe are on the rise come next year. Um, but moving on to our last topic in the fast break, Lonzo Ball officially not ruled out for the season by the team, I don't think, but Woj and Shams are both saying it's a foregone conclusion that he will not be returning uh, for the playoffs, which is obviously a big blow. He tore his meniscus in January, has tried to come back twice, like ramp up his activity. Nothing's come of it. Um does this officially eliminate the Bulls from contendership? Not, not, not that anyone saw him going far. You know, I thought maybe they had a finals run and I'm fully healthy, but uh, I, I don't think Kobe White can step up. Like, is are they are they done? Are they done? I think they are. I think they are. They were really good at the beginning of the season when they had um, Lonzo Ball and could bring Caruso, Kobe White, and Io off the bench, but. They just lost a lot of their depth, and especially I wanted to see playoff Lonzo. I did, um, and they're going to need someone like that in the playoffs. I think maybe Caruso starts. Who do you guys think starts? 
I mean, at point guard, Garusha. Yeah, Garusha, yeah it's got to be him. But like, he's not a starter. He he won't give you starter points. Lonzo gives you that defense and the offense. Like, yeah, and that they're really like Lonzo was having his best three point shooting career, like a uh, career season. Like he he was big for their in their wins. Like he he had he had a lot of games where he didn't show up, but he has been missed in the lineup since January because that's probably about the time where they started slumping, right? Yeah, it was yeah. about the time when Caruso and Lonzo went down. It was um, it was tough to see. And now, as of today, they're supposed to see the Bucks in the first round. And I think that's a really tough matchup, even with Lonzo in the lineup. So, without it, I think the Bucks' veteran talent and experience just shines. And I'm not going to say the, Bull- the Bulls don't steal a game. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Bucks take it in four. Yeah, I mean, we'll get into it in a little bit, uh, but we are going to cover the Bucks a little bit more. And I, I think I agree with you. I don't know who's stopping them in any series this this uh, this go around again. Um, but unless anyone has any last comments on Lonzo Ball, anything? No, uh, we're going to move on to the Western Conference. Uh, usually we cover the East first, but we're switching it up a little bit. We're covering. Western Conference, two, three, and four seeds this week. Um, so we'll start off with the two seed. That is the Memphis Grizzlies. They've kind of been a step behind Phoenix the entire season, uh, but a step ahead of anyone else uh, uh, like near them since Golden State's injury woes started. Um, ever since then, they've been pretty much locked in at two. But they've also been without John Morant for like the past three weeks. So do you guys think John Morant can just seamlessly hop back into this lineup? Obviously they're winning without him, but like they need a, they need a healthy John Morant come playoff time if they want to compete. So do you think there's going to be any difficult adjustments for this team or what's the, uh, what's the approach for them over there? I mean, I don't know what you guys think, but it, it seems like and obviously D'Anthony Mellon is not John Morant. Um, but oftentimes they're not doing anything too different than what they do, you know, with him on the floor. I mean, obviously it's not the same thing. Um, and it's not executed to the same level, but it's not necessarily like, you know, it's a different team that Jaws is coming back to. It's still the same team. He's still going to have the same role. Um, and I think the fact, I think the fact that they've had this going on throughout the season just makes it even more, you know, clear that I think it's not going to be as big of an issue. Um, just him kind of being popped back into the lineup. I yeah. kind of disagree. I was going to say this Memphis team is a young group of core guys outside of uh, Steven Adams, I'd say. And I think this playoff run will be very um, character defining for a lot of them because uh, they're going in not much experience. And I think, let me just pull up who they play. I'm sorry for not being prepared, but it looks I, it's like a playing they, team. Minnesota is the yeah, number seven seed right now. So that's going to be tough to scheme for. Cause you won't know until it happens. Um. But I was just going to say it's going to be very tough to just slip Ja right back in there. I think they definitely need some time together before they're just A-OK and ready for a playoff series because everybody in the Western play-in is 
hungry and able to win a playoff series. So they have to come prepared. I don't think they can just come in thinking they're going to blow out any team they play. And they won't. That's not the type of mentality they have. But I think they have to be very prepared and cautious with Ja. Yeah, I mean, what what are y'all what are y'all's like expectations for them? Obviously, they're a very young team. They were in the playoffs last year um, as the seven seed because they were carried by Ja through the play-in. Um, but what what like this team is young? They don't have the playoff experience. What is their best case scenario? Like, how far do you guys see them making it? Obviously, like like Duville was saying, those seven and eight seeds in the West, like they're not they're playing some of their best basketball right now. They're not easy matchups, even though on paper Memphis is the better team. Um, I could see them best going to the conference finals, worst obviously losing in the first round. I think if they play L.A., like I was saying last week, Paul George is back, they could beat them in a seven-game series. I think it would be a really good series. I kind of hope that happens. But I think best case, they win their first-round series and – Golden State struggles with their injuries and they're not as good second round or maybe they even lose in the first round and Memphis takes them out in the second round. Um, so I, I don't see them going to the finals per se, but I could definitely see them in the conference finals. Yeah, I, I, I don't see them beating like the Suns. But I, with the scenario that you kind of set up, especially – the only thing I'd be cons- I, I'd argue is that I'd rather see Minnesota <laughs> versus them just because that Cat Jaron matchup. I think that would be really entertaining for a whole yeah, series. That would be sweet. Um, but I, I agree. I think that would be that's the scenario in which they succeed. And then obviously, like you said, there's also a chance that they just get their ass beat in the first round. I. I'm on more of the side of they're losing in the first round. I know, yeah, I know too. that I know they've been really good this year, and like their record shows, and even without Jaw, they've been really good, and they're going to get Jaw back. But I really don't trust this team still. I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is very good on defense, Spartan Dog, but his offense is still not good enough to be a second option. They like Desmond Bain has been a great shooter this year. He's been, he's really shown up, most improved player candidate, but. If you ask like any player, like yo, would you would you be okay with Desmond Bain being your second option? They wouldn't say yes. Like obviously, Ja is a very good first option, but come playoff time, you need those stars, and like they're still missing those stars. Desmond Bain could turn into a second option two, three years down the line. Stephen Adams not a second option on offense. He's good defensive. They really need to get carried by their defense if they want to leave the first round, in my opinion. I think. With the Clippers, like Jack was saying, superstar on that team. With Cat, superstar on the on the Timberwolves. I personally don't see him getting on the first round. I don't think there's a situation where they do. Yeah, I'm very I'm very excited to see because I keep expecting them to lose and they keep winning. So yeah. definitely not going to count them out. But I don't really see it translating as much in the playoffs. I believe. And I don't mean to be disrespectful to the Grizzlies organization here, but they are the two seed right now. And they definitely give off the vibes of Dark Horse because they can beat any team. But I feel like they could lose to many of these teams. And it's just whether or not 
really how that first series goes. And I think they'll ride the momentum if they get out. And if that first series does not go well, then they're going to really struggle in the off season on what, what's next. Like how do we break through that threshold and start winning playoff series? It just reminds me of those Grizzlies teams that we grew up with, with uh, Zach Randolph, Marcus all Mike Conley on paper. Those are very good teams, but they couldn't go anywhere in the playoffs. They had, they had good players. They had regular season success, but come playoff time, they choked every time. So are you guys saying that, that your concern is we're looking at a new um, Utah Jazz? They're just not ready yeah. yet. They're just not ready yet, though. Exactly. Like, I, I, that's, I, I'm fine with that, but let's be careful to say that, like, next year is going to be such a concern. Oh, we're not talking because... about next year. Not yet. No, but do – I said soon enough, if they have a trouble in this first round this year, I think they will have a questionable offseason where they're looking in the mirror and trying to figure out what is this team's identity because you really don't want to fall into that black hole of having that regular season success and then everyone knows you're going to choke come playoff time. But I think realistically, yeah. like this is their first season with regular with, – with like – this level of regular season success. It's only been two seasons. Yes, but now but like, they've had injuries and going into playoff time, I think their biggest concern is not having the full team together right now. I, I think, think the issue is, is, is an issue. Outside of like three teams, I don't think there's that many teams that are looking at this season like this was a serious you know, showing of what our team is like or what our team could be. Like, I think a lot of teams are taking this season as there are things we can take from it, but in general, there's a lot that we have to consider the factors for. So I, 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 just, I just don't know about saying that like Memphis is in this spot, like where it's, their window is larger. It's not, this is yeah, not a, this yeah. is, this could be a character building series Win or exactly. lose, like, I'm not like I'm not this, too worried. This <laughs> season was still impacted by COVID a lot, we, like with the people getting tested out uh, of games and then shortened off season. This is going to be the first off season that'll be a full off season in a long time. Um, we'll move on just for the sake of time because we'll be we could talk about Memphis for a while, um, and I have a feeling we could talk about every team we're going to cover just as much as we talked about Memphis. So let's move on to the three or. They might technically be the four seed right now, but we'll talk about Dallas, the Dallas Mavericks right now. And someone explained to me how they got to this spot because for the entire first half of the season, me personally, I thought they were stuck in six, seven, eight seed, like permanent, permanently. They don't have stars. They traded their second star for a non-star in Spencer Dinwiddie. And if you want to call Porzingis not a star, that's fine, but he's a, he is a former all-star. They traded for a non-star in Spencer Dinwiddie and Davis Bertans, who honestly barely cracks the rotation. So how did they get to this level of competing? It can't be just Luca. Dove, I feel like you watch the most Dallas. What it and I'm not saying you watch a ton of Dallas, but what what have you taken away from watching their games? Um I think I think I have to. I did this earlier in the season, but I have to apologize again to Jason Kidd, give him his flowers. I think 
he has definitely done something. I don't know what it what it is. Um, but <laughs> hold on. He's got some dog difficulties right He's got now. Some dog so. difficulties. Um, get out the bed. Um, so once you get out the room. But I, you know, I think between what Jason Kidd has done this season, um, with with the roster that he's had um really kind of utilizing dorian finney smith's uh talents um defense specifically um as kind of their end all be all like this is the guy who's going to be doing damn near everything for us on the defensive end um at least that's where all the focus is going to be on and then outside of that you know i think jalen brunson um you know, his little streak was a huge part of that. I think can never forget about Luka Trancic. That man is just a demon and does whatever the fuck he wants on a basketball court. And if the if the Mavs are winning, it's because of Luka. There's really no other thing. And then Spencer Dinwiddie. I think Spencer Dinwiddie has been a, a nice change of pace for the Mavs. I don't know, you know, what you guys think about the spacing of that team, especially come playoff time. I think that's a big concern, given that Outside of Luca, who hasn't been shooting amazing this year, Tim Hardaway Jr., who hurt, he's been hurt, yeah, he's played all, right? Has he played at all? Yeah. He's played this he's year, played. he hasn't oh, played since man. January. He's doing very well this year, yeah. He was playing this, well this 2022, broke his foot, right? But all of 2022, he hasn't played, right? Uh, I think he played like early January, maybe. Oh, okay, whatever. And like, like we said, Bertons. Shouts out Max Kleba. Max Kleba, that's another one. You know, you gotta you gotta give credit to I think that is the key right there. Um and it's a similar thing to Memphis, just a little less, you know, quality, to be honest with you. You can tell me if you agree with this right now. This team on paper, on paper, I'm not saying like obviously how they play, kind of reminds me of like some early LeBron Cavs teams where you got What, were you saying that too, dude? You got the one superstar and then like some like decent role players around him. And, but like then they just fully embrace, yeah, we got one of the best players in the league right now. Let's make sure he's running the offense, getting the ball, putting up the most shots. And, you know, they're winning games because of it. Uh, yeah, I think if that was the case, though, like if Luca was the LeBron Cavs type vibe. I don't think they would have this many wins. And I think we have to give the flowers to Jay Kidd because every time I watch Mavericks games, they are always getting open looks. And I don't know how, but they create these sets where Luka can just hold the ball for 20 seconds and then they find an open three. So I think it's just a testimony to their entire game plan everything that they got going on behind closed doors is just working right now and Luca is torching people he might not be shooting the best but he sadly just torched our piston hey Bra- Braxton, Braxton Key was guarding him probably so the I mean, boy was... no nah, it was it was uh it was K K was, oh, was him pretty often yeah he got a couple of stops on him. he got like two steals on him Let's not even talk about K. We're going to spend 50 minutes on that. Yeah. I would love to see the Mavericks play the Jazz in the first round of the playoffs. 
Man, uh, it's well, I that's. I think it's looking cooked. more and more likely that that's the matchup because I think the after the Nuggets lost to the Spurs the other day and the Jazz picked up a win over Memphis, um, it's looking more and more likely that uh, and the, and Golden State won, which we'll get into in a second. It's looking more and more likely that those seeds are set in stone almost, unless some teams go on three game win streaks or three game losing streaks to end the season. Um, so I think a Utah matchup could work out really well for them with their internal struggles that they're having. We're not going to dive into that. What do you got to say, Doug? Real quick, Dallas has never made it up the first round, right? Ever? Not with Luca. Not with Luca. Not with Luca. Sorry, sorry. sorry. I was going to say ever. ever? <laughs> not with Luca. Not with Luca. Um, being Utah, looking at it, let's say this is the series, and you do lose to Luca in the first round, a team They're that hasn't made it out the first round. They're blowing it up, you, and Rudy's coming to Dallas. You have to blow that bitch off. <laughs> We're blowing it up, One and, of and Rudy's coming to Mitchell Dallas. Or Gobert is gone. And it ain't and Mitchell. I, fuck it. They might I hope Mitchell gone. leaves, but they would be dumb to be the to keep Gobert over him. The image to so, Boston. Book it. No, I think I think it would be dumb for them. <laughs> To keep Gobert because it, okay, if you move Gobert, there's a chance that that has that you don't have to do that many other moves. But if you move Donovan and keep Gobert, there's a chance that could work out. But you have to do a lot of moves. Yeah. You have to you have to focus on Wayne. We're not. This, this is a talk for the off season. Yeah, let's, never let's, mind. Okay, let's move on to the last team out of the West, Golden State Warriors. How do they? regain that magic that they had when they were they were better than the Suns for the first couple months of the season how do they get that magic back is it just as simple as getting everyone in the lineup at the same time and the follow-up question on that that I got for you guys is what is their ideal eight-man rotation because as y'all know in the playoffs the line the rotations shorten Steve Kerr's brought out a ton of different lineups uh, feel free to look up their their roster, who they played last game. But they got guys like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, who are both 19 years old. But one day they'll both, they'll play 30 minutes. The next day they'll not even crack the rotation. Then they got like Otto Porter, uh, Nemanja Bjelica. What 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 do they got to do? I like a nine man rotation. Um, to include Otto Porter, I'm going with Curry, Clay, Wiggins. Draymond and Looney. I want Looney to start. I don't think Draymond should start at center, but I think he should play center down the stretch. And off the bench, I'm bringing in Poole. I'm bringing in Jonathan Kaminga. I'm bringing in Otto Porter. And I'm bringing in Bielita if you need a big man on the floor. If Wiseman plays, obviously he's, he's out. Good he's in out. He's rotation, out. But he's out. Yeah, out. Been, he's he's out. out. Those are my nine guys. So and I think real they quick, need to play all nine of them. Uh, no Gary Payton the second. Oh wow! No Gary Payton. No Moses Moody. I really specialist for the defense. Specialist. Gary Payton's been starting for them. Like obviously no staff, but like I I think Gary Payton is has Otto also has playing well enough to be in the rotation over him. Gary Payton has only played like a thousand minutes. Like, he's, he's been not, hurt too. He's been hurt, but he's also just not been put in the rotation. Like Steve Kerr, yeah, a lot of games, he, yeah, he's just not that, put him that's in the also true. Also, true. he can't score. No offense. I think I think score. something that's yeah. more likely is like obviously what you said is closing with Trey at center, but like Kevon Looney playing probably the first five minutes of the game and not coming yeah. back in. I like that. Yeah, 
that would be well depending on how the other depending on there's the matchup so many different factors they're gonna be playing uh the nuggets (laughs) i mean yeah it doesn't matter who you throw in there against Joker. He'll, he's true. taking them to school. You might he's as well their put lunch Draymond money. in there and maybe he'll get a steal or two. Put a Godala on him, for God's sakes. Like, <laughs> well, no, ideally, about ideally it. you would put you would put Kevon Looney on him and then have Draymond come in as a help defense. True. Yeah. I'm, yeah. So Cause then, because then you can throw him on fucking Aaron Gordon and then you know just run on switches. Just run. Do you think? Do you think fully healthy? Um, that they can compete like get at, like obviously first round like they've they, I, I, they're definitely going to be the favorites over a team like denver in the first round you're can saying they, if they're fully healthy yeah if they're fully healthy can they get out of, can they get out of the second round a second round matchup versus a team like memphis like we were just talking about how we don't even think memphis will get out of the first round like are they not looking like a western conference finals favorite they have the most experience out of any western conference team um why not have them going to the finals. Anyone got that opinion? Doof. Yeah, I think it all starts with Steph. And going back to your first question, what is it that uh, what is it that they need to get back to what they were in the first couple months of the season? And in the first couple months of the season, everybody was raving that Steph was an MVP. And because he was, he was putting up those numbers and Sometimes he still is, but right now he's injured. And I think just like the Memphis uh, organization, they need your, you need your starting lineup before the season ends because throwing into the playoffs, just a new uh, newly healed guy with everybody who's been playing, it just, it could cause issues playing against a Denver team who has been playing same minutes, same guys like night in and night out. So I think Denver could easily give them trouble. But at the same time, with all that experience, if Golden State ends up giving Denver trouble, I don't see many people stopping them outside the Phoenix Suns that to get to the finals. Yeah. If they're playing basketball right at the right time, it's going to be tough for them to stop. I, and I, yeah. I mean, and I was saying it they have preseason. Yeah. That's also going to be a recipe all season to beat the nuggets and it's just let Jokic do whatever the fuck he wants and make let sure someone no one else, else scores. You. Yeah. Let someone yeah, else beat sure. you. Cause Jokic can drop 50 points if he wants, but 50 versus, you know, zero points from everyone else is I'm going to do you shit. So, yeah. I, I, I will think, say, go ahead, Jack. I'll, I'll I think if Steph, Dre and our Steph and Dre are healthy and Jordan Poole keeps playing the way he's playing. Nobody besides Phoenix can beat them. Yeah. I will say what I was going to say is Denver's had decent regular season success against them. I think they went three and one. The, the full lineups were not there for both teams in any of four of the games, I don't think. But Denver did have Golden State's number to, to begin the season. And obviously, Jamal Murray is the big question mark. Um, but, you know, I'm not going to be dumb. Like, even with Jamal Murray, if Golden State's fully healthy, they're going to be tough to beat. So, like, I agree with you, Jack. I think, like, the only team. I, like in the West that can beat them is Phoenix probably. So um, I, before we move on last time, Dove had a trivia question. He tried to stump us. He didn't got one this time, but I, I saw this on Twitter yeah, last week. I'll try, I'll try and stump y'all. Maybe we'll, we'll each person will get a, um, 
trivia question. This, I believe this is still the right data, but I'll give y'all, th- y'all three are a team. I'll give you like one minute to get this. There are about, let's see, one, two, three, four, five. There's seven guys who have a shot to play in 82 games this season. It's I know one Sadiq Bay and Macau Bridges. Yeah, those are those are two yeah. of them. <laughs> y'all, y'all know any of the other ones? Y'all got like 40 seconds left. I'll say. I'll that give you a hint. Jordan two, Poole. No. Duncan You're, Robinson. One of no, no Duncan. That one, seems like he's one, winning in every one, game. One of one of Jordan Poole's uh, teammates is on there, and another guy on a team we talked so, about today already Franz is on Wagner. there. Not every uh, Franz Wagner is on there. Yeah, I think I saw that. Kevon um, Looney. Kevon Looney is one of them. Right. So you're Did missing. You Google that. Like you're missing. You're missing three, and you got like ten seconds left. Rudy Goger. No. Christian Wood. No, if Christian Wood had those uh, disciplinary suspensions. Um, all right, Mikal Bridges, Garrison Matthews, all right, Mikal Bridges was the Gary, first Bird, Gary Bird, <laughs> Gary Bird, Gary Bird. All right, all right. What Dwight Powell, who has been very, out. Gonna Dwight Powell plays 82 games, two years removed from an Achilles injury. That's very impressive. Uh, sure. Kevon Looney, Franz Wagner, Sadiq Bay, Mikal Bridges, and then Denny Avia. Yeah, 82 games for the Israeli and Buddy Heald, who technically, Buddy technically would only be able to. He's missed a game in trade transition, but because of how schedules worked out, he's still eligible to play in 82 games this season. So, yeah, and also shout out to Michigan hockey. Fortunately, their season has come to an end as we're recording this. Um, all right, let's finish this up with the Eastern Conference. The two through four seeds are still very much up for grabs. Um, so we'll start off with the Milwaukee Bucks. And I have one question for you guys. Who or what is stopping them? No one. I, I don't think there is anything in either conference, honestly. If Miami shoots 60% from three in a series. But when they wouldn't play, as of right now, they wouldn't play Miami until the conference finals. My point. <laughs> my point if brooklyn <laughs> figures it out yeah I, I think brooklyn only beats milwaukee if they have ben simmons and ben simmons is trying on every defense possession counter argument there you go i, so I, they I got still hope I, that they don't see milwaukee in the first round because that would suck for them yeah i i we were what saying it last week could happen we were saying it last week. We we think if i mean i don't think ben simmons coming back but if ben simmons were to come back he's not He's not coming back. That's the only – like, because no one's stopping Giannis. And, and Gian, like, obviously it's hard to stop KD also, but if anyone can, it's Giannis. So – We saw that. We saw yeah. that this year. We yeah. saw it. We, Giannis, Giannis literally won a chip, won finals MVP, dropped 50 in game six, and people were still asking questions about his defense and his jump shot because he wouldn't defend Kevin Durant on ball for the entirety of the game. You know what I saw? I saw Giannis. Giannis is shooting like Giannis is shooting, from mid-range. He's, he's shooting better from mid-range than Joel Embiid. He also progressively, I think, has increased by at least 5 to 10% uh, in his shooting percentages every year from the mid-range. I could be wrong about that, but 
man is a demon. You can't, like. <laughs> when Milwaukee's fully healthy, besides Bobby Portis and Pat Connaughton, who comes off their bench? Milwaukee? Yeah. Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. Grayson, Grayson Allen. Allen. Grayson Allen starts. Oh, you're right. Starting right, shooting right. guard. He does. George Hill. George Hill. George Hill. George Hill. Serge, Serge Ibaka. Jordan Nwora. Jordan Nwora shouts if he out. start to play well, that could be good for them. They don't but really do run a deep they... rotation already. Yeah. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, that's true. That's why they're ready for the play. Like, they've been ready. Like, they only bring four guys off the bench. Like, a guy Giannis like Jordan Nwora could play off the bench, but they don't play him because they don't have to. Giannis was ready the day after he won the finals. But at the same time, one injury could screw them over. Same every year, you know. Same like, with everybody I, that's else, why but... I talk about it either way because tomorrow James Harden could break his leg or some shit. And now that, oh, you know, Philly's oh, just not even terrible. in contention. Knock on wood, you know, it's like. Yeah, what are you I, gonna th- do? I think Philly could beat them. Honestly, fuck Philly. I hate them, but I think they could. Like first round exit. All right. I think a fully dark horse. Philadelphia seventy sixers team. Philly's not a dark horse. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> Philly's mind, an underdog. In my mind, in my mind, dark horse aspect would be if Philly loses. I think a lot of people have Philly being good, and I think they're all idiots. I think Philly sucks. Okay. I really feel. I think you can't win a championship with two players. I think this team, this Philly team with Seth Curry, would be unreal if they somehow managed to keep Seth. Wait, 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 wait. rewind. Who's the third player on the Sixers? You always forget about Tobias Harris. No, I'm not forgetting about Tobias Harris. You know who forgets about Tobias Harris? You himself in a playoff series because that man disappears as soon as it hits playoff time. So don't tell me I forgot about Tobias Harris. Don't act but like you was, always forget about I was talking about, always about I was talking about Tyrese Maxey. I thought you said Tobias Harris. I said Tyrese Maxey. No, I did. Maxie. He said Tyrese Maxey. Instantly. He instantly said Tyrese. And then getting locked up by Scotty Barnes. Scotty Barnes is a really good defender. Yeah, he's, he's apparently the most versatile defender in the NBA. He's literally Draymond Green. We can, we can do a little, uh, a little skip. Leads perfectly into one of our other teams in the East. Uh, the Toronto Raptors, who are now sitting at five in the East. Uh, fun That's little crazy, team. Uh, we, we love watching FVV, Fred Van Fleet, Pascal Siakam. Out Shouts out uh, huh. RTBMB, <laughs> Miles Bridges. Spin him like Siakam. <laughs> Spin him like Siakam. That's his one um, but yeah, I'm really impressed by Toronto. I, in my preseason prediction of who was going to make the playoffs, I did not have them making it. But obviously, I did underestimated Scotty Barnes and Gary Trent Jr. But they've been pretty good. I don't think they're going to win a playoff series because the top four teams in the East are that good, but they're impressive. I think Pascal Siakam is playing – his best basketball since Kawhi left. He finally figured out how to be the number one guy. Um, Scotty Barnes is just surpassing expectations. He came off the bench at Florida State, and he instantly came in as a starter in the NBA and is showing why he belongs. Fred Van Vliet was an all-star this year. Like, they're a two-all-star team. 
And then you got a guy like Chris Boucher and Precious still coming off the bench to soak up those big man minutes. And then you got Thad Young, who's like, that's a that's a good Great veteran pickup. guy to have. Always been underrated. That's a I'm good veteran. He's in the same company as guys like LeBron James, Larry Bird, Michael Jordan. Everyone knows that Thad Young is in that, that conversation with those guys. If you don't know the um, stat I'm talking about, that was a great reference. I don't that know. I, I think I've definitely heard it before, but there, I've seen, I know you've seen screenshots. There, yeah, it. there's a screenshot of like Thad Young puts up like the same numbers as like those like four guys, which is yeah. just like ridiculous. Um, um, I was just gonna say like, I think the biggest advantage that the Raptors have over other teams though is obviously the fact that they're playing in Canada where it's required to be vaccinated to enter the country. Now, this is not a political debate, obviously, but, like, Matisse Thibel was, on the, on the written report, ineligible to play. Obvious, any team that is losing a key rotation player because they're going to play in Canada, those are big minutes. There's, like, those two games are big. best great. defender. Well, second enough. Who? Who? You can't who's whisper. Who's their second best defender? Who's their Who's their first best? Joel Embiid. Okay, I disagree. I, I think it depends on who they're guarding, but yeah, I think all you gotta do is steal more. one game, and you have home court advantage. Plus the fact that T. Stiebel, for example, won't be playing, so that's even a bigger home field or home court advantage, especially yeah. since. You really don't have defenders outside of the Bible. Yeah. Um, and the, those guards and those wings are about to cook their asses, about to cook Danny Green. Danny Green got to get crossed up by Fred Van Fleet so many times in that series. He'll go over like five games. All right. But here's what I wanted to ask you guys um, when it comes to the Toronto Raptors. Do you think that their brand of basketball that they're trying to do um, with just making everyone over fucking 6'8", like just everyone except for like one player, like their main score, like just make everyone tall as shit. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And do you think that that's actually a viable option, especially, you know, given that you do have another team, so you do have another team like the Cavs doing something similar. Um and they're also succeeding. So I, I don't know what you guys think about that. I think it's just a really interesting approach. That's what I was going to say about the Cavs. Like when they were healthy, it was working and it was working really well. Who are the Raptors playing at small forward? Scotty Barnes, obviously. And he, Scotty Barnes plays point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. He plays all so five what, positions. What's their tallest lineup that they run? <laughs> Got to oh. get the point guard. Um, it's Scotty at the point guard, OG at the shooting guard. Um, I want to say Pascal at the small forward, Chris Boucher or some shit, and then Ken Birch, something like That'd that. Be so, oh, wait, Gary Trent's probably in there, you know, sometimes. I don't remember. I'd have to go look at basketball reference. Um, but I know they've run a lot of these lineups where, like, Scotty's the point guard and he's the shortest person. <laughs> That's wild. I like it. If it works, it works. I mean, positionless basketball is a thing. Like, you just got to make sure you can compete on, against the other team. And if that's how they want to do it, that's how they do it. Yeah. Um, also, that. what were you going to say, dude? 
My bad. Well, I was just going to say, I like it, but it's very unique. And also it's putting, I would say, more pressure on the guards because when they start and they're out there and they're the only small guys, it's almost making them having to do not more, but more in the sense that they have to be facilitating everyone. Like you just have to be the truest of point guards there. They can't do their own thing and uh, like freestyle in a way. So I think it's just very, it could go wrong, but right now it's working and I'm not sure how, um, Colin Sexton got injured, but that might have been meniscus also. Yeah, but was that from like just like being wrong? I think it was a freak. It was just a freak injury. That doesn't really random shit. But yeah, I just hope they can keep that and sustain it and not get injured because that would um, throw a whole wrench in everything. Like if Fred Van Fleet or Gary Trent got injured, then it would be like malachi flynn and that would just be very tough so yes yeah, v mikhailu coming in you don't want to give him minutes if you don't have to yeah that's what happens when you just have good guards on the team that is the argument is scotty barnes has been super successful like okay i shouldn't say super successful scotty, scotty barnes, barnes can't bring rookie. you that offense that you no, but he he definitely he definitely has done a very serviceable job at the point guard when he's played there but like, yeah Personally, that's, that's my only. Thing. They're not. They're not. They're not getting on the first round. Like they're playing Philly in the first round. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You, you, you. If you want to really want to like die on the stake that like they'll Philly's a first round exit, but like I think in seven, the only like, way they win a series is if they play Boston and Jalen Brown's not vaccinated. Yeah, and they steal or a game or Horford. Yeah. That's like I think. If it comes down to it, that'll be the reason they win, which is also like there will always be an asterisk on that. Yeah. Um, but All I don't. I don't think those two games matter enough. Like those games three the, and four. The 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 gritty ass team that this Toronto team is, and for the soft ass team that Philly is. And really what I'm talking about is James Harden. You know, when, when your second star is going to fold, at, you know, at the first sign of, of, of issues or anything. Um, and when you got a 6'8 Scotty Barnes guarding him every game. You're, you're just, just saying, you're just being saying, a real. It's a little, strong seven. It's I, a strong I, you're, seven you're being delusional. Me. Like you, I don't this think James, I'm being delusional. You, the, you, you can I'm, be you can I'm be being... critical of James Harden all you want, but this has been going on ever since we started doing a pod when you were leaving James Harden off a top ten NBA players list. Like you nope, can have a vendetta against James Harden. Season of yeah, you were still wrong, bro. You were still wrong. You were you were still wrong. But like, it's still James Harden. You can say whatever he wants about his personality issues in Brooklyn and it's... how it didn't work out. But, it, but that's the misconception is, is the personality issues that I'm talking about. It doesn't have to do with off the court personality issues. I'm talking about on the court personality issues. All right. I, I mean, it's just I'm talking about body language. I think I'm talking about I, effort. I think you're wrong. Communication. Um, but we'll move on to our last topic of the pod for this week. 
Uh, the Miami Heat currently sitting at one in the conference. They're a couple games up on everyone. It's going to be pretty difficult for anyone to catch them after they had a couple nice wins after uh, maybe flus- fizzling out a little bit. But they're back. They've pretty much locked up the one seed. They are one of the deeper teams in the league, and they run out like a 10-man rotation most of the time. And they have guys like Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, and Duncan Robinson, who, who all pretty much do the same thing, and that's just shoot the three ball. So, what, like, similar to how I asked, what did what do the Warriors run out there? What do the Heat do do when they come playoff time? How do they turn their rotation to eight guys, or should they? Anyone? Doof. Doof. Yeah, I'll go. No doubt. I was just trying to think, but last week I know Dove mentioned. Miami is probably one of the best teams at driving and kicking for threes. And I think come playoff time, that'll be their bread and butter still or their mid-range looks, which they love. And I think it's also going to come down to these role players like Duncan Robinson. Shub has said countless times has had a very, like, very terrible season. And we don't know what we're going to get from him come playoff time, obviously. But if it's anything better than what he's been giving on the court now, that's a good that's a good thing. And honestly, you need Tyler Hero to stay consistent. If he fizzles out or um, can't like last year in the playoffs. Doing, yeah, then that's going to be a very big issue. You can't put this weight on Jimmy and Bam. It just can't. Like – they this west the eastern conference is too strong to have it just put on these two guys and we've seen that before but some people might say the bubble was different but we all know the bubble was the bubble so we don't have to talk about that but i think this miami team could go far if they figure it out early and That'll be very tough because they'll probably have to see like a Hawks, maybe a Nets. So I think the Hawks or Nets could easily take them. So we'll see. Yeah, I agree. Uh, when they're healthy, do they play Dwayne Deadman or Yurtsman at their backup center? Dead Deadman. Deadman. Okay. So we're going with Lowry. I guess Duncan Robinson will say he's going to start for now. Jimmy Butler, P.J. Tucker, Bam Adebayo, and then obviously Tyler Hero. And then you have to start giving minutes to Markeith Morris and then <laughs> Struis and Vincent and then Dwayne Dedman. So it's like they have six, five really good guys. I don't think Duncan Robinson has been playing that well, but I think they're a little vulnerable. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I- Go ahead, Dove, I'll, and then I'll wrap it up. <laughs> I, I would argue it's the same issue you have with Miami every year is, is like do you know, mentioned, is a lot of their game is predicated on that pick and roll and figuring out how we can find any open space on the floor, whether it be through a cut or whether it be through a, you know, a three off the screen, whatever it is. Um, that concern is the same thing. Can they make their shots series to series? Like, what happened in the bubble was, you know, kind of that. It was also partially they just were outmatched by LeBron James. Um, but last year in the playoffs, we saw it. Like, they just couldn't make their shots. They were getting clamped up. 
and shit just happened. Like the Milwaukee drop defense just so happened to work that time, and that's because that's how drop kind of works. You kind of choose them taking the shot over giving up the lane. But, you know, I, I don't know. I think you still have Eric Spolstra, who probably is one of the best series-to-series scheming coaches that we have in the NBA. Although Doc Rivers – or not Doc Rivers. Uh, fucking uh, – Frank Vogel. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Pop Who's the coach of the Clippers? Ty oh, Lue. Tyron Lue. Um, Tyron Lue might have something to say about that uh, after Tibbs. last year. But <laughs> fuck Tibbs. <laughs> um, I saw someone say I'm surprised Tibbs isn't an Uber driver by now. That <laughs> <laughs> but uh, again – you know, you have you have Spolstra, you have an extremely intelligent, you know, uh, set of defenders and PJ Tucker, Jimmy Butler, and Bam Adebayo, who is possibly defense player of the year candidate. You've got six men in the year and Tyler Hero. Um, you know, you've got all these random guys like Duncan Robinson, like Max Struess, like Victor Oladipo, who could come in the game and give you a light 15 um, out of nowhere. I think it's the same thing every year. You can't hate this team. Like, I don't think there's necessarily anything you can hate about the team or say like, that's what's wrong with the team. Um, But you could also say they might just shoot this shit out and lose. I will say one more thing about Miami in the bubble. Duncan Robinson was playing amazing. Obviously Tyler here was and Goran Dragic. Like one of those three was putting up 20 points every single game. And they don't have Goran Dragic anymore, and Duncan Robinson is not the player he was in the bubble. We haven't seen it in a long time. Yeah. So now you're replacing that with Struce and Gabe Vincent. I just, I just don't see them beating a Philly or a Milwaukee. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think like they'll probably they'll make it out of the first round probably. <laughs> they'll make it out the first round. I'm but, like myself though. They're they're. Uh, I'll just wrap it up with my thoughts and. I think y'all know my thoughts on Duncan Robinson. I just think it just, he's just overpaid for what he does, and his bench role now has come to that. Uh, Max Struess will continue to start for him. And no one mentioned Dunk, uh, Victor Oladipo until Dove said it. I think you got you to gotta roll him out we there for the final. You didn't mention Kyle Lowry like at all. Yeah, but... you got to roll out Victor Oladipo. I think you got to give him a shot. You know what, you know what he's capable of. Uh, Cale Martin, Victor, or, uh, Duncan Robinson, and Max Struess all give you the same thing. So may as well see who's hot among those three, take the other two out and give Victor Oladipo the other minutes. Um, but when they're playing their best basketball, uh, they can beat anyone. And when they're not on, all on the same page, when Jimmy's not giving you these 25 point they games, on like 80% sh- shooting from the field, they get swept. So we'll see what happens. Um, we'll be back next week. Talk about playing should be around then and maybe some teams to look out for next season um but until then thank you all for listening keep up with us on socials and we'll see you next time peace